In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab time is now Drew Doherty with my good pal, John Harris. And we're so very, very happy that you're listening to this We do this podcast once a week. We didn't do one last week because the Texans were in limbo because of everything going on with the trade. But now it's official. The Texans have three ones, a three, and two fours from Cleveland over the next few years, which means they've got six ones in the next three years combined. And in this draft, they have 11 picks overall. So many in the top, like 108. Where do we start, John? Three 13, 37, 68, 80, 107, 108. There's a lot of really good players. You and I do this, and we've talked about it. We do this mock draft simulator on pff.com or the draftnetwork.com. It's a lot of fun. And typically, we just say, you know, we send, send the results to one another and we say, the Texans got better today, John. <laughs> But at 3 and 13, you've got lots and lots and lots of options to make big changes for the better for your football team. That is very true. Uh, I The baseline seemingly in this were, were the three first-rounders. And you can look at that, how many – and a lot of people have looked at this trade <laughs> 10 different ways. And it has felt like – most national writers are like, hey, man, the Texans did really well. I think locally, because it had been talked about so often that I think Sean Pendergast put it best on a tweet. He said he had gassed himself up to believe that the Texans were going to get certain things in this trade. I think when you step back and you look at it, they got six picks. They're going to have two additional picks as it stands just from the trade right now. This year, a first and a fourth. Next year, a first and a third. And then year three, 2024, will be a first and a fourth. So extra draft capital on top of the fact that you have your full allotment of picks, which is not something that you've had. So you're going to pick seven times in the top 108. And if you just want a basis of comparison, as it sits right now, seven times the top 108, basis of comparison, Texans drafted twice in the top 100. 50, I think it was last year. Yeah. So seven in the top 108, twice in 150 last year. So you've got some ammunition. And now I said this right after the draft, right after the trade was over, Drew, the fact that because you now have the assets to do something with, look, having Sean Watson was an asset at, obviously at the end, he was not a, a playing asset. He was an asset. And he brought back a lot of draft assets. So, you know, Deshaun Watson himself wasn't going to help you in the draft, but the trade assets you were getting back were going to help you because now you can decide, all right, we want to trade down. We want to add additional picks. We want to turn pick number, I don't know, 37 into two other picks, uh, a third and maybe a second next year. I mean, who knows what you turn one pick into. So at that point, it was just important for Nick to get the apps, the, the actual assets. Now you can do something with those assets. And that's, uh, that's the, the important thing, I think, in all this is having these assets. And you mentioned numbers, and we'll know them all by heart. 313, 37, 68, 80, mm-hmm. 107, 108. 
I would venture of those seven numbers we just mentioned, I would they're going to get jiggled. Yeah, four of them might be in the in the actual spot that it it started in, but it's just the word that Nick Casario coming kept coming back to. In fact, I think he said it in the very first um, like couple sentences when he started talking about this was clarity. Yeah, everybody's got everybody's got clarity for the most part, at least in Houston. Now Cleveland's going to have to deal with some stuff as far as a potential suspension and all that kind of stuff. And Cleveland now, because Deshaun Watson is part of that organization, is going to have to sit out uh, what this legal situation uh, have to uh, go through. What this legal situation is going to be here in Houston, we have clarity, and that is we have draft picks, and we have a lot of them, and we have an opportunity to take this team from where it was in twenty one, and turn it into something in twenty twenty two, and continue to build it on a pretty sound foundation going forward, and. I know this thing is still pretty raw for a lot of people. I mean, heck, it's it's raw for for us. We've been in the building for these last how many ever, you know, years going through uh, what this situation turned into. So we're all impacted by it one way or the other. Looking back doesn't do us any good. You know, we understand where the where the mistakes were made or not made or or what happened or how how we got here. We don't know, but we got here. So now, what do you do going forward? And that to me is the most important part. Now, when you're crying in your beer and you want to look back and go, man, it was okay, fine. Go cry in your beer about yesteryear. When you want to move forward, look at these picks and what the Texans can do. And here's one other thing. And I tell you this quick story, Drew, but we're on a podcast. So people listen, I got a call last year, probably about the spring, uh, late spring or uh, early spring. And it was one of my buddies who's an agent. And he said, Y'all got a big problem on your hands. And I'm like, okay, that could go, that could go a lot of different ways. Is he talking about me? Is he talking about what? I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about Texans. I said, man, we, what do you mean? We got a big problem on our hands. Who are you talking about? And he said, the NFL. And he goes, y'all are going against a bunch of guys that do this for a living. And what he was getting at was the fact that with the extra year that the NCAA granted as far as eligibility goes to college players, a lot of them chose to go back to college and play that final year or play another year. Uh, they were granted an extra year, and there are a lot of guys that took advantage of it. And so last year's draft didn't have the depth that we're used to seeing in a draft. That all got pushed back to 2022, and it'll take a few years before it sort of thins itself out again, I guess, if you will. So this draft has got a ton of depth. Now, it's not one of those where guys drafted in the fourth round would have been first rounders, nothing like that. But it's just made this draft pretty hardy at a lot of different positions and a lot of different positions that the Texans can use on this team going forward. And let's be brutally honest about it. We can look at a lot of players at a lot of different positions for this team. I don't think you look at one position and go, nope, not doing it, not doing it. Maybe punter. Um, and there's a great punter in this draft, but I think punter is about the only one. So from that standpoint, you've got draft assets. You've got an opportunity to reset this thing in what seemingly is a pretty deep draft. And now we get to sit back and watch Nick you know, go to work on draft weekend. And we know there'll be players coming back, some young players coming back. We know there'll be some first-rounders coming back, and that's going to be exciting since we haven't had them in three years uh, since Titus Howard was taking the first round. That's the last first-rounder we've had. Um, and he is the only first rounder that the Texans have <laughs> that's still that's still with the team. So that's kind of 2018. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go, got to go back to 
Watson to get somebody before him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's going to be fun, man. And we haven't, I like you were at college station on Tuesday for their pro day for the Aggies pro day. So was Nick Casario. So was Lovey Smith. Smith is in um, Columbus, Ohio right now. He's at the Ohio yeah. state pro day. He's going to scoot over to Cincinnati for Thursdays pro day. The Bearcats have a lot of players that are going to go up in the middle of the first round, all throughout the draft. They're, they're a quality, quality team. It's going to be fun to see who out of those crews that have become most familiar with college football fans, you know, Alabama, Georgia, I think Cincinnati to a degree. Yep. A lot of people know about what they've got and Michigan. Um, Cause Lovey Smith was at the Michigan pro day as well last week. Right. I can't wait to see what happens. And there's so much, you, you bring up depth, and I think the position that stands out the most as far as depth, at least when we do these little fake mock drafts, is running back. Yeah. At the tippy top of the second yep. round, all the way through you know, the sixth, there's guys that I, like, legitimately I think could start for the Texans. And I'm saying you could take a guy in the sixth yes. round that could come in and start immediately, yes. it looks like, based on what they did in college, based on what they project to do in the future. There's all sorts of guys available, and – I mean, if there's literally like 12 of them where if you said, what about this guy? I'd be like, cool. What about this yeah. guy? Okay. I'm yep. fine with that. And there's, there's some scintillating ones at the tip top of that crop, but uh, there's quality, quality ones down at the bottom of it below, uh, below that tip top, I think. Yeah. And I got a chance to see one of them yesterday. I say Spiller. Yeah. From out of Texas A&M. Goodness. You know, it's interesting seeing, seeing these guys up close without their helmets on. I mean, I've watched Isaiah Spiller run the ball. I don't, I mean, I may have seen every single run he's had in his career and he's standing near me and he's talking to a scout from the Arizona Cardinals. And at the time I didn't know it was him. I had to double check. It kind of looked body wise like him, but it's like, man, he's got a baby face. He looks like he's about 12. <laughs> he looks like he's they're 12, young. Man, man, these guys are young. I know. I know. And, and he just, you know, he ran in the, the you know high four five low four six range which to me is 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 fine i mean we've seen running backs that run four six i think dalvin cook's combine time was like four six four uh and i think dalvin's done fine yeah so i don't worry too much about that sort of thing to to a degree now the remainder of the aggie crew didn't run exceptionally well and i know there's been a lot of talk about jalen watermeyer the tight end I, i think the guy can still play but Man, he did not hit a lot of athletic thresholds, uh, which is unfortunate because I think he's got he's got an opportunity. He's got glue sticks for hands, runs really good routes. He's difficult to cover, but man, just athletically speaking, just did not have a a, a tremendous day uh, at AM Pro Day. I thought Spiller did. I thought he caught the ball very well out of the backfield. The thing I don't want to say holding Spiller back actually has nothing to do with Spiller. It just has everything to do with the two guys in front of him: Brees Hall and Kenny Walker. Brees off Iowa State. Blew it up at the combine, uh, as did Kenny Walker. They both ran, I think, in four three seven, four three eight, four three nine range, somewhere in that range. Uh, big, stout, tough running backs, quick, explosive to holes and you know to and through holes. I've said before, you could give me any one of those three running backs, Hall, uh, Walker, or Spiller, and I'd be very happy. Thing is, and Nick said this to us the other day. He said, "Look, you can't fall in love with prospects because that'll force you to do some things that maybe you don't want to do or should do." during a draft and I don't want to fall in love with any of these three backs because behind them, there's a Brian Robinson, there's Kyron Williams, uh, there's Damian Pierce from Florida. There's Tyler Batty from Missouri. 
Uh, this Pierre Strong from South Dakota State. There's so many good running backs. Tyler Algier, BYU. I mean, I could just go on about mm-hmm. the running backs that you can get in later rounds that may not be of that top three back caliber, but dang, they're pretty close. And you can get them a little bit later in the draft. So maybe you maximize a different position where the depth isn't as strong, and then you can get running back a little bit later. I didn't even mention the Georgia guys, Samir White, um, Zeus White, and James Cook. Those two guys are tremendous. So you've got a lot of opportunity to really help that running back position, I think, in this draft. And you don't have to do it in the second or third round. And because, like I said, those guys I think you'd get a little bit later, and only so many teams are going to take running backs. I would imagine, let's say there's 32 teams, say maybe 20 of them take running backs. So they're not all 20 going to prioritize taking a running back in the second round. So there's going to be running backs in the third, fourth, fifth round that you're going to look up and go, whoa, man, Quan White from South Dakota is or from uh, South Carolina is available in the fifth round. Let's go. Abram Smith, Baylor, let's go. Uh, Two guys that were formerly linebackers uh, last year or two years ago that turned into really good running backs in 2021. So it's a really fun position depth-wise, and it's something that I know our fans want to know about. They want to know about these running backs because they want to see a young guy come in and do some good things. And in College Station, I saw a good one, a local homeboy, uh, Isaiah Spiller, and you know, hopefully he's got an opportunity to come back here to Houston. It'd be kind of nice. And if he comes, maybe he'll take his offensive guard, Kenyon Green, with him. <laughs> a man from the task of seat is a dude. So bring both them and let's rock and roll some Aggies. Hey, there's a Texan coaching the Texans now in Lovey Smith, and he's very proud of that. <laughs> yes. And I said that when I said that when I brought that up to him, he said, "Say that again." <laughs> so, how about some players who are Texans becoming Texans? All right, John, we're gonna get much further into this in the weeks to come. This has been in the lab. It's always good to be with you, my friend. Good to be with you, brother.